Hey cuties, welcome to Cup of Joy the podcast, created to jumpstart your joy, supersize your soul, and provide a sweet space for your own personal growth. I'm your host, Heidi B, certified food and body coach, life coach, personal trainer, and owner of Joyfully Be, where I'm obsessed with helping people win the food and body battle and reclaim their joy. I'll share with you stories of people who have shifted their junk to joy and struggles into celebrations to live a life that they love. Each episode is guaranteed to light and lift you up. Because on this show, we'll talk truth about topics that block us from living our best life, how to make your body your bestie, and tons of tasty tidbits to make your own cup of joy overflow. Believe it or not, I once lost my joy, but now it's back, and I'm here to help you find yours on the daily. As my mama bee always says, it's time to put a smile on your face and joy in your heart. Ready to start? Let's jam. Hey, Tanya, how are you? Hey. Heidi, I'm so good. How are you? I'm amazing. You guys, I feel so blessed to bring this beautiful soul to you today. This is Tanya, and she helps women ditch the mom guilt and live life on purpose. How incredible is that? Oh, thank you. I love it so much. And we're going to be talking about a really important subject today, and that is self-love versus self-care. And I know that this is kind of like a buzzword in the industry right now. Self-love, love yourself, self-care, take care of yourself. So I really wanted to invite Tanya on. She is an expert on this topic for sure. Um, and I want to invite her on to talk about what does that really mean and have her share a little bit about her story. So Tanya, if you don't mind, if you could share a little bit about yourself and why this topic is so important to you. Sure, sure. Thank you so much for having me, first of all, Heidi. I'm so excited to be here chatting with you today. <laughs> it's, a, it's a true treasure and pleasure, my friend. So I am Tanya Ruiz. I live in San Antonio, Texas with my husband and my three kiddos who are 18, 14, and 3. Wow, you have quite the range there, sister. I really do. And honestly, after my second son, I was pretty sure I was done. <laughs> but then, you know, 10 years later, after a divorce and a remarriage, I went and did the whole baby thing again. Um, so yeah, I grew up with a mother who has cerebral palsy. She's um, was disabled, is disabled. And I've spent basically my entire life um, caring for people. I started with her. Right, I was born into a situation where I was a physical caregiver um, for her. So I spent, you know, the first portion of my my life doing that, and then had a baby really early. I had a baby, my first baby, when I was twenty, and I have pretty much um, spent all of my life making sure everyone around me is cared for. Mm, And that's a that is a common story, right? Not. Not necessarily all the details, but caring for people your whole life, always being in the caregiver role. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, for me, that, you know, equated actual physical caregiving. But I find with so many of my clients and so many other women that I know and that I work with is often we find ourselves in the nurturer role, even if we're not physically caring for someone, we find ourselves emotionally taking care of the people around us, you Mm. know, and trying to people please and make sure everyone around us is okay at all times. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, it, what it really does is kind of after a while, it just wears us down. So for me, after all of these years of, of thinking that 
I really didn't have the right to take care of myself because I needed to make sure everyone else was okay. It occurred to me like, hmm, you know, maybe this really isn't the truth. Maybe, just maybe, I am allowed to be important and I'm allowed to make myself a priority. And that's not going to diminish my mothering capabilities, right? Yes. I love that you said the emotional drain too because it's not just the physical caregiving, which can be really, really, really big deal too. But it's that emotional piece of, especially people who are empaths. I know, I know, both of us, I believe, are empaths. Mm-hmm. We feel everything that people are feeling, and that guilt that comes on when you don't give more to others than you give to yourself. It can be really overwhelming at times. So, thank you for bringing that into the picture. Yeah, you're welcome. It's it's so absolutely true. I see that so much. So, I think you know the idea kind of occurred to me that maybe it was possible to bring a little bit more balance into my life. Maybe I could actually make time for myself. And what would that look like if I did? Would that mean, you know, initially my first thought was, well, if I take time for myself and I make my needs a priority, something's going to have to give. So when I do that, I am inevitably not going to be giving as much time and energy to my family, right? Because in my head it was an equation. I'm like, I'm giving 100% out of my family, But if I start giving, you know, 50% to myself, then that's 50% I'm taking away from the kids. Ooh, I think everybody's hearing you loud and clear on this one because the number one thing that I hear from my mamas that I'm coaching is, well, I don't have time. I don't have time for that. And it's that piece of whatever amount that I, that I take away for myself, I take away from them. And, and I know where you're going with this. So keep taking it. Yeah, and you know, the reality is, what I've learned is that it's not a concrete number, right? Mm. The more, it's not a 100% and then we, you know, take little pieces of that pie to, to distribute. It's, that's not how it works. The more time that we invest in ourselves, the more we're able to give more fully of ourselves, oh. which I think really is is the, the driving force for a lot of us is, the, the desire to be able to give to other people and to make other people's lives fulfilled and not make because that's not our responsibility, but to contribute to the fulfilling of other people's lives. Absolutely. What is so, that, what does that look yeah. like in your world? Because I know that some of the moms listening are going to say, yeah, that's really nice, Tanya. That sounds really <laughs> great. I'm going to do some things for me. I'm going to make some time for myself. What does that look like when somebody's hanging on your leg or somebody gets okay. sick or somebody gets whatever? What is, is there, are there boundaries? Is this negotiable? Is it flexible? Is it just, this is how I operate now and I need you all to support me in it? What does it look like? Well, it's a little bit of all of that. Like on one hand, it has to be flexible, right? If I've got a sick kid, that's going to have to take my attention for the time being. But what doesn't have to change is my mindset over the situation. So though physically I have to care for my child when he's sick, I can still be giving myself the love and attention internally that I'm craving. So, so, you know, and, and then, so on the other side of that, physically in, in, you know, my life, what I'm doing at this point is I'm asking for more help. I'm saying, listen, I need time for myself. So in order for me to do that, I need X, Y, Z. And I figure out a plan. I take full responsibility for what needs to be done and I make it happen. Yeah. Right. 
Whereas I used to get resentful if, if I didn't have enough time for myself. It's everybody else's fault because nobody's helping me out. But now I say, this is what I need and I need your help. Oh, you know, I think that's to my husband. Yeah, or getting a babysitter or asking, you know, family for help. Whatever that looks like in your specific situation, it's so imperative that you make a plan and you find ways to take time for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever find yourself feeling guilty about that scenario of asking for help? A hundred percent. So how do you make that transition? How do you make that transition from feeling guilt all the time? Or do you recognize that the guilt is there and you just know that once you get on the other side of it, that it's going to be okay and you're going to be a better person, mom, um, wife as a result of it? Yeah. Well, you know, it's not super easy to do often. And for me, it's been a practice. I have to just kind of get comfortable with the guilt and recognize that I'm not going to let it take control of the situation. Mm-hmm. Because the reality is guilt is a form of fear, right? We're scared that we're not doing enough. Yeah. We're scared that we're not being enough. And at the root of that, it's a beautiful motivation, right? We just want to serve and we want to make sure everyone is okay. But we deserve that same time too. And once we start getting used to the guilt and understanding that the guilt is there and the purpose it serves, we can start stepping back from it a little bit and recognizing that when we do take the time for ourselves, we show up in such a better way for our families. Mm -hmm. I'm a much healthier, well-rounded human being now because I make self-care and self-love a priority in my life. And my kids see that, you know, they appreciate the person that I am more often these days. Yeah. Yeah. I want to touch on that for a second and just not eat, congratulate you is not the right word, but just recognize you for the fact that you are taking time for yourself and to everybody listening, when you get to deliver these elements, these pieces of self-love and self-worth and, and um, self-care to yourself, everybody gets to reap the benefits. And your, your responsibility is to be the person to demonstrate, to be a role model for your children and for those around you. So if we're not taking time, remember, if we're not taking the time for ourselves, showing our kids and our family how we're treating ourselves, they're going to grow up with those same set of beliefs, values, that they're going to find themselves trying to people please, overserve, overwork, do all these things, because that's the way that they saw you do it. So it's That's so important, right? We, it's, we have yeah, to, right. and I'm not a mother, but I certainly feel like it at times. I have a niece and a nephew, and even in my friendships, even in my coaching, that's where my nurturing, that's where my love, that's where my care comes out, and I can't serve the way that I need to as a woman to others unless I'm actually being that myself. That's right, and I think that's so beautiful the way you said that. It is so true, and I don't know about you, but I grew up with the feeling that in order for me to be the person I was supposed to be, I needed to be constantly giving, mm-hmm. right? I needed to be. And so it took me a long time to get comfortable with the idea that I was worthy enough to receive as well. Yeah. So what I desperately want for my children is for them to grow up knowing that they are worthy of all the love, all of the time, all of the gifts that they can give themselves just simply because. Not mm. because they have to people please enough and earn enough and, you know, do all of the things to make sure that that everyone else around them is okay. 
Yeah. I want them to know deep down at their core that they're worthy. And that's the example that I'm trying to show for them now. That's so beautiful. I, this just popped in for me, so I just have to say it. And I know that my mom listens to my podcast now. She's one of my best friends and one of the most beautiful people no. on planet Earth. But one of the things that just popped in for me is that one of the ways that she does self-care is she takes a walk every single morning, four miles, walks in the rain, the snow, the sludge, whatever it is. And I know that she does that for herself, but I also know that she does it for us because now she's, gosh, I don't even know how old she is anymore. Sorry, mom. I think she's 66, 67, (laughs) right? And she does that so that she can continue to play with her grandkids, to take trips. We just went on a trip to Colorado, and she can climb that mountain all the way to the top with us. And so by serving herself, she's actually able to continue to serve us as her highest self by doing that self-care. So if you don't mind, I would love to switch into that self-love versus self-care discussion. Can you talk to us a little bit about the difference? Because I know those those words get interchanged used interchangeably sometimes in the world. And I think people are starting to get confused. Self-love, self-care, what is this? Help us out. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So self-care is the things that we do to nourish our bodies, Mm. to make sure that our bodies are well cared for, right? So that can be eating foods that are healthy for us. That can be working out. That can be taking a hot bath, getting a massage. The things that we do for ourselves that make us feel cared for, Mm, right? mm -hmm. So important, right? Versus self-love, which is a deeper, much more intense. um, How I like to describe it is when you imagine the love that you would feel for a small, innocent child. If you imagine yourself as a small, innocent child and the unconditional love you would provide for that child, that's the way that I am wanting people to feel love about themselves. Unconditional support, love. And, you know, and and self-love means sometimes doing the things that are uncomfortable, right? Allowing yourself to feel the pain in in painful moments. Mm. It means, you know, doing the hard, uncomfortable work of growth because you love yourself so much that you know how important it is for you to continue on this this journey of growth. So it's not always a comfortable, fun feeling, this self-love, but it's always there. Unconditionally, you're always there for yourself. Oh, I love that you said it's both sides of the spectrum too. Self-love is sometimes meeting yourself in that space of fear and yeah. going, you're okay, you're safe. This is not a traumatic thing. This is something that you get to move through and learn from and grow from, and you are completely safe in trying like just trying that's self-love yeah it's not just the affirmations of I love you you're great you're wonderful you you know all the happy happy I mean there's a place for those things too I love you know affirming and reinforcing to our our subconscious how we feel but that's not all of it right Mm -hmm. that's just kind of the surface yeah yeah and I feel like self-love is really the feeling part of it it's um the feeling and self-care is really the doing. Um, yes, I love the way you put that. That's exactly right. Kind of that the care is external. Anything externally that I can do to serve myself, that I can do to show up for myself, that I can take action on. And yes. self-love is really all that feeling, all that internal mindset, all that soul space and feeling into our growth. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. And they're both so important, right? I don't want to say a lot of times, you know, we feel like self-love is more important, but 
if we're not doing the external things to make sure our body feels cared for, we're not going to be able to do the deeper work, right? Right. It's it's so important to have the balance of of both of those things. I think that self-care is easier to understand. So it's, you know, like like you described earlier, it's the doing, it's those, those. Can you tell me your top three self-care practices? What do those things look like in your life? Sure. Well, for me, taking time away from the chaos of my life and reading a book or meditating or doing breath work, mm. like just that 30 minutes that I take away from my my busy day and say, hey, listen, I'm going to take this time. I need to do this. And just take, making that effort for myself mm-hmm. and then filling my, my heart with that love and, and inspiration if I'm reading, you know, that's one of the amazing the things that make me feel most amazing, right, is, is doing that. I absolutely love a hot bath. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like after a long day, I'm like, okay, mama's taking a bath. Okay. <laughs> and I also love to go for runs. Like oh. I'm, I'm, when I go out for runs in the morning and I've got my headphones in and I'm, you know, listening to a podcast and, you know, taking time to make my body feel strong and energized. Yeah. Um, those are all things that I love to do that I try to incorporate into my life on a regular basis. That's so beautiful. I feel like it's energy, which is, you know, energy in motion, movement, any kind of movement. It's breath, which is that calming sensation and getting out of our mind into our bodies. And um, just that time out, that rest and relaxation mode that's so, so necessary. And I know that there's probably times where you find yourself having to negotiate the bath when it's someone else's <laughs> bath time, right? <laughs> or it usually is at bedtime, and I'm like, um, I'm gonna go take a bath, and my little guy will be like, "But I need you to wet my back." I'm like, "Can't, Daddy, do it tonight?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. There's always negotiations with this stuff, but you know, even just the psychological shift for me, you know, knowing that I'm making myself and my needs a priority makes me feel better about my life and, and myself and my relationship to myself. So, you know, you, the, the actual doing is, is amazing, but just, um, knowing that I'm doing that, you know, yes. just in my mind, that shift, I'm like, okay, well, you're important. You know, you took the time for yourself. How did you get yourself to that point where you said, this is no longer, like, this is going to be a part of my lifestyle? Did you have that breaking point, that meltdown where you just went, whoa, we got to shift and change here? Or how did that come about in your life? Yeah, I did. I did have that. So, you know, I spent so many years um, mothering. And of course, you know, the fact that I started so young, Mm -hmm. I felt like I had something to prove. Mm -hmm. So I really didn't take any time for myself. And by the time my third baby came, which was, you know, three years ago, I found myself, in fact, I found an old journal entry recently where I was just so down. And part of that was postpartum hormones, but sure. I, I felt so alone and I felt mm-hmm. so overwhelmed because I, I literally was taking zero time for myself. I was on the clock 24-7 with the baby, breastfeeding him, and I, I did not want to ask for help because it felt like a sign of weakness to do that. Uh, and yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of people can relate to that, mom or not. I think yes. so many of us feel like we can do it all, right? Absolutely. And if we can't, there's a problem with us. Right. Which, of course, is not the case. You know, it takes a village to, to live. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, anyways, I reached a breaking point where I thought, 
I really can't do this anymore. And I didn't realize that there were choices. You know, I kind of just felt like this is it. I've, I've now doomed myself to this life of no longer having a say in my own life, no longer mattering to, to myself. Mm. And it was when I heard Sam on the podcast and I, I decided to take a chance on myself and I enrolled in a certification program. That was literally the first major thing I had ever done for myself since having children. And yeah. And it, created a major shift in my life because for the first time I started focusing on my personal growth, right? Mm-hmm. And and really working on doing things that that expanded me as a human being. And if I wouldn't have done that, if I if I wouldn't have taken a chance on myself and and really allowed myself to feel like I could do something for myself, I would probably be a very miserable mama right now. Mm. Because I was on the track of just feeling like, I can't freaking do this anymore. I'm going to break. I love that you said that because that's one of the reasons why I started this podcast was so that people can hear your story and know that it is possible for them. And I know that as coaches, you and I, our biggest thing is that we've been through our own junk. We've been through our own struggle and now we just get to... We're on, we're on the other side, and that doesn't mean that our life is perfect and frilly-nilly and all this stuff, but it means that we have such a heightened level of awareness of where we're at and what was possible for us, and that it's our choice to shift and change any moment that we truly desire. Wow, and the tool bag, tool yeah. set to be able to do that is is really, really unbelievable, but thank you for bringing that in because... I know that a lot of people think like, oh, what's a coach? I don't need a coach. But it's that accountability piece that someone's showing up for you and you're showing up for someone else. And it's that self-care that comes in this package that says, I'm going to pay this person to help get to a different point in my life. And it's so necessary. It's so necessary that we have that person in our corner, that advocate that says, hey, I saw that you... You, you you ducked away today. I'm here for you. It's time to shine. It's time to That's go. Right. It's time to grow. I got you. I've seen you. I've been there. And that is a form of self-love and self-care when That's you right. choose and, someone yeah. to help you. Yes. And I think also as a coach, I feel like it's my responsibility to see my clients and the, the people that I work with in the absolute best version of themselves and I hold them to that standard Mm -hmm. right so when I look at them I see all of this potential and I see this uh, incredible human being and oftentimes it's so hard for us to see that in ourselves but if someone holds us to that standard and says I see this in you I know this is what you're capable of you need to step up and be this person yes it's an incredible opportunity for growth and like there's so much self-love there because you really, really get to explore the depths of who you are and how to love yourself and how to be the highest version of yourself and love all parts of you. Yeah. And and I never thought either <laughs> when I signed up for Hunger for Happiness also, I was like, okay, yeah, self-love, self-care, great. But I never really knew what that meant or looked like and that there actually was a process and a mm-hmm. learning and tools. There are 
so many tools that you and I have gained and learned that have shifted the way that we act and show up in this world. And I love that you said helping your clients show up as the highest version of themselves because it's so easy to get stuck in your struggle story. It's so easy to get stuck in that victim mentality. And I know that I had that with my divorce for so long where I was just like, I'm here. And even though I grew past that point in that story, I wasn't actually able to release that victim mentality or that struggle until I started this process and went, oh, oh, it gets to change and I'm not that person anymore. And now I have this whole set of processes and tools to get me through every single morning when my brain challenges me. Because you guys, your brain is going to challenge you every single day and not just every single day. There have been days where I have to bring my brain back out of my brain into my body about every 15 minutes. Has that ever happened to yeah. you, Tanya? Like 15 All minutes. All the time, Heidi. <laughs> you know, and I heard something interesting lately, actually, from Tony Robbins. And he said, we all have an emotional hole where emotionally we're programmed to go when there's not a stimulus creating something different, right? So when we're not out in a, you know, moving our bodies and feeling joyful, when we get back to our regular state, we go to our emotional home. So for me, I recognized that my emotional home was a much lower feeling than, than what I desire for my life. Mm. So I'm working on making my emotional home to be a happier place. Now, that's not to say we get to always be happy and joyful because we have emotions and we're human and we're going to go through things in life. What I know is my emotional home now, I'm creating to be a place where it's much more comfortable to live in the long term term, right? I'm not feeling super down all the time. And this is part of the tools that that we've been learning is how to change our state and how to, you know, really kind of mold the the person that we want to be to show up as the best version of ourselves, right? Instead of the, the one that we're used to showing up as. Oh, I love that you just shared that. I've never heard it described as an emotional home before. And that is, wow. It's, it's kind of like your set point. It's like what yes. your body and your mind is used to coming back to. It, you guys, we, we've take a minute, take a time out today to really let this sink in because this is pretty big. What you come home to every night, where are you finding yourself? Because there were plenty of nights where I just found myself coming back, a full bottle of wine, a whole pizza. And I was just, that was my norm. That was my norm. And it felt okay. Not okay, but it felt good enough to me because I didn't, I didn't decide to make a change. And this was still at the point where I was running 12 miles a day and all that crap. So, you know, it's like, where do you come home to every day? And I can tell you that my, my home is this more, most calm, peaceful, present space now and that's just after 10 months yeah wow yeah it's a beautiful shift isn't it yeah yeah oh this is so good I love this topic so so much I think it's it's uh it's everything do you have anything else to share on this self-love versus self-care topic um you know I I just want to say that I know oftentimes it's challenging to take that first step to making yourself a priority, um, especially when we've been conditioned our whole lives to feel like it's selfish to do that, or, you know, we've perhaps even conditioned ourselves to feel like, well, if we make time for ourselves, it makes us a bad mom or a bad wife or a bad employee or, you know, whatever. 
Um, so I know that it's challenging, but I really encourage you to start taking little baby steps in the direction of caring for yourself because the rewards that you'll feel on a personal level and then expanding to the rest of your circle are so immense. It's so worth it. And I promise you, if you start making an effort to create more space in your life for self-care and to, to dive inward and start showing yourself some true love, it will make such a positive impact on your life. You are such a gem. I love you so much. Oh, and I love you, Heidi. <laughs> I just want to say, too, that Tanya has shared so vulnerably. It's so beautiful. We get to grow when we're vulnerable. And she shared a lot about the mommy story, which is so important. And I know many of you listening can, can totally relate. But also, all you single ladies or not, you know, not in a deep relationship yet, we do this too, ladies. We do this too. Replace the word children with anything else that you are doing, over-consuming, over-committing to, taking time out to do, to focus on that versus yourself. We do this a lot with work. We become workaholics. We invest in um, a different lifestyle that just takes away from our self-love and self-care to get wrapped up in a whole nother world because there's not that child piece. And I know okay. I felt this a lot. So this is not just moms. This is everybody that yeah, needs to Yeah, and I really want to say, in. like, women in general, and I, I mean, the women I work with who are not moms feel the exact same things mm -hmm. because as women... We are nurturers. We make sure that all of the people around us, and, you know, not to generalize, but in my experience, we make sure that all of the people around us, whether it's at our job, whether it's our extended families, whether it's our friends, whatever, we make sure that everyone else is okay. And oftentimes that's at the expense of our needs. So it's not just moms. You're right, Heidi. It's, it's a huge, huge thing for everyone. Yes, absolutely. Well, Tanya, I ask everybody a couple of questions before we jump off. I hope you're okay with it. Guys, I didn't brief her on sure. this. As you know, I never brief these people, but they're very easy questions, so don't get scared. Um, <laughs> okay. And just whatever comes out of your heart first, right? Okay. What sure. do you love most about yourself? Hmm, what do I love most about myself? I love most about myself that I'm open to seeing my full potential. Mm. I love that I... I recognize that at this point in my life, I can do and be anything I choose. Mm, that's so good. What a gift. That is truly a gift. Yeah. I know there's a lot of people that want to get to that point, and they will. They will through this yeah. beautiful work. Um, and then how would you describe the feeling of joy? Mm, I love that. In fact, as I'm thinking of it right now, I feel it welling up in my chest for me. When I feel joy, it's like little bubbles in my chest and it like kind of starts in my heart and like works all the way up to like my mouth and my head and maybe that's <laughs> a weird description, but that's how I feel. Like it's like these little sparkles or bubbles just coming up inside of me. Oh, I love it when people describe joy so much. If you could see me right now and all the listeners, I just have my <laughs> arms reached to the heavens. I feel that. I feel the bubbles. And what makes me giggle a little bit is one of my favorite things still as a grown-up, and everybody needs to do this, go to the store tonight, 
Even if it's cold outside, I promise this will bring you joy. Buy the 50-cent giant can of bubbles with the original mm-hmm. wand and just go out and blow bubbles in the park. I know it sounds silly. So much fun. It is so much fun. And if you've got pets, I guarantee they'll have a great time too. Or kids, <laughs> or not even. Just go out and, and get some bubbles because I love – that was a perfect description, Tanya. Seriously, it was so good. <laughs> it was a perfect description. Thanks. So you guys, I know that this information has been so valuable to you. Tanya has a wealth of knowledge. You need to start following her. She has so much more to offer this world. She goes live all the time, so you can get tons of free nuggets all the time listening to her. Tanya, tell these, tell this family of listeners how they can find you. Yeah, so the easiest way to find me is Instagram, Tanya.Ruiz, and it's T-A-W-N-Y-A dot R-U-I-Z. I often get people get confused about my name. <laughs> Thank you, Mom. Um, also, TanyaRuiz.com is my website. You feel free to pop over there. And I'm always around Instagram. So DM me, get in touch. I would love to get to know you. And you've got a pro, do you have a program coming up or a service that you are able to offer this audience? I do. I'm so excited because in January, I'm launching my mom's master. Mind and yes. it's gonna be a group. I'm so excited! <laughs> I can't even tell you seriously. Like all that joy bubbling up, I'm feeling that right now. <laughs> it's gonna be a group of 20 moms, and we are just gonna be there to support each other. Have biweekly group coaching sessions, and it's gonna be this incredible community of women supporting each other. Oh, it's so beautiful. You guys, you're not going to want to miss out on anything that she's doing, anything that she's sharing in this world. If you want to show up bigger and brighter, start getting connected with Tanya. All of her information will also be in the show notes. So just take a look-see over there. Tanya, thank you so much for sharing your Junk to Joy story and all the treasures that you are in this world. I love you to pieces. Oh, Heidi, thank you so much for having me. I love this conversation so much. You're amazing. All right, we will talk to you later. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you love what you heard, please take a quick second to screenshot this episode and share it with someone that you know would love it. Connecting with you brings sunshine to my soul. So let's continue the conversation on Instagram at joyfullybe. Drop me a message, question, or share your own junk to joy story with me. Remember that joy is contagious. You can help me spread it by leaving a little buzz, aka a review, on Apple Podcasts. To learn more about Cup of Joy the Podcast and my soulful services, visit cupofjoythepodcast.com. Chat soon!